Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. Happy afternoon to you. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. We're glad that you're with us this afternoon around the state, wherever you're tuned in. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, and we're proud to be their friends. We highly recommend their barbecue. It's fresh and delicious, and it's served seven days a week. Plus, Dickie's caters. If you have an occasion coming up, uh, be sure you choose Dickie's. Heath Hinton will be joining us later in the show. Kelly Santa as well. But we're going to go right to the phones because we've got a great guest to kick off the Eagle Hour today. Shelton Gandy was star running back for the Golden Eagles. With 84 through the 88 season, rushed for over 2,500 yards, scored 26 touchdowns. Carried the ball 551 times and averaged 4.5 yards every time he touched the football in 551 carries. Shelton is now the offensive coordinator at Hattiesburg High School, and we're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour, Shelton. Yeah, hey, it's a pleasure to be here. All right, I want we've been reminiscing a lot this week, so I'm going to take you back, Shelton, to 1986, Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi yeah. State, Southern Miss. Mississippi State leads 24-21. They punt the ball to the Golden Eagles and down it on the two-yard line. It just looks like the Golden Eagles are done. But what happens next will be forever known as the drive, a 98-yard touchdown drive. Shelton Gandy takes in the winning touchdown run with uh, 30 seconds left in the game. And once again, the Bulldogs are leaving with a broken heart. Take us back to that drive, Shelton. Tell us what you remember about that day. Well, you know, I, I remember a lot of things. That was a great game, you know, back and forth. You know, uh, th- those guys coming in Mississippi State, they had a uh, they had a pretty dynamic offense themselves. I thought, I, you know, I thought our defense played really well. Uh, uh, the whole Don Smith, the, you know, the what he had. But, you know, just, just going down, just thinking of that drive, you know, I, I can remember, you know, all the guys just coming in there together, you know, and Andrew Anderson kind of just getting us together and, hey, look, man, we got to take it, you know, the length of the field. And it was, you know, we had no doubt in our minds that we were going to win that football game. We were confident and uh, we had prepared. Coach Carmody had us ready. And, uh, you know, I I mean, play after play, you know, Preston Hampton makes a big play. Andrew Mott makes a big play, Uh, you know, on the day, you can think about Vincent Alexander. I mean, I, I sometimes I get over, you know, I overshadow Vincent, you know, because I had, you know, those touchdowns. But I mean, hell, Vincent had about 30, 130 yards, 120, you know, himself. Mm-hmm. So it was a really good day, a really good team effort, you know, and it wasn't anything like it, man. I tell you what, uh, the joy, you know, of that locker room, just knowing that, you know, the things that we accomplished, and it, it was, it's a great feeling. Do you take it in from, I think, about five or six yards out uh, with 30 seconds left? Do you remember that specific play when you scored the yeah, winning touchdown? Yeah, I, I do. I do. When we got down there, you know, I was thinking that, you know, hey, we don't have any more timeouts, and I got to get this thing 
either I'm going to, if, you know, if they stop me, I'm going to run out of bounds and make sure that we got another play or, you know, I'm going to get it in the end zone. And sure enough, you know, I, the defense pinched and I bounce it and, you know, you know, the rest is history. Coach Gandy, Luke Johnson, good to uh, to talk to you again. Uh, I didn't know you as a player. I was I was we'll, we'll joke about it. I was a young child at that time, but uh, growing up, I, I watched you. But you were one of my coaches at, at Southern Miss, and right, right. And um, yeah. I guess I would I would ask playing for for Big Nasty. How did that impact you as a college coach, and and now um, you know furthering coaching in Mississippi high school football? What did uh, what did Carmody mean to you? You know what, from a psychological standpoint, Coach Carmody would have you, you know, you could knock down a wall. You know, he, his, his, just his psychology of everything, his mentality, that your mindset, that I, you know, even though I played offense, I, I thought of myself as a defensive player, you know, just really just because, hey, you know, Coach Carmody, he's going to get the most out of you. And uh, that belief – and, and uh, you know, him coming in, sometimes he tell me, say, hey, look, I know, you know, if it's, if it's third and eight, I'll give it to you just on a, on a run because he believed in you. And, uh, and, and it, it's, it's about, it's, you know, it gets down to Jimmy's and Joe's a lot, you know, and, you know, X's and O's is great, but uh, Coach Carmen, he means a lot to you, you know, he, uh, a lot to us because, you know, he, he really is still that, that toughness. You know that really you got to be a tough son of a gun to play for Jim Carmody, and uh, that that's what I I always you know prided myself in. Your uh, your senior year, Carmody heads out, Hallman comes in, and uh, is it is it difficult as a senior? I never had that that issue just because Coach Bauer was was there the whole time. Um, you know that you were coaching me also. Is it difficult uh-huh. uh, going into a senior season with, uh, you know, do you feel like you have to prove yourself again? How did that transition happen uh, for you, and how did it – what was it like going through that transition? You know what? You know, you coming in, and I always felt that I always had to prove myself. You know, no matter uh, if I was coming off a, you know, a 1,000-yard season or whatever, it was always, you know, for my freshman year, when I stepped step on the field and they got Sam Dijarnett, golly, I'm like, I can learn a lot from this guy. You know, Vincent Alexander and, and uh, Randolph Brown, those guys kind of took me in. But it was it, it was a point that, yeah, I, I felt I had to prove myself, you know, to who I am. But I, I thought the challenge was good, you know, and everything that Coach Hallman, you know, presented to us was a positive thing. And, and uh, I, I, we really became close because you look at – I was talking to Chris Roker the other day. We had a golf – a little uh, BNS golf tournament uh, – up at uh, up in uh, Collins, and uh, we were just talking about you know the guys that came in with us, and I think it was maybe thirteen of us that finished, and we had you know, maybe twenty five guys to sign, and it was uh you know it it was a, a deal that it came down right there to the end, and you know and just being being the guys that we were, and you know having to prove ourselves, you know, and uh, I mean the positive message, message that. Coach Hallman brought in. I, 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 it was a really good situation for us. We're talking to uh, Shelton Gandy, former Southern Miss running back and a former Southern Miss running back. Coach Bob, Coach Gandy was, was without a doubt the smoothest coach that I ever had at Southern Miss. <laughs> he was known sometimes, you know, he's, he's got that uh, bald head. He would, he would wear wigs sometimes in the field house and sunglasses, <laughs> and you would wonder who that person was. Oh, that's Coach Gandy goofing off. Yeah. He, he's hitting you, Coach Gandy. 
<laughs> yeah, he, I always like to keep my you know my crowd entertained. You know, yeah, uh, you know, I know we're coaches, but hey, look, we're human too, and and the kids like to see that side of us too. So you know, but, but it was always good, man, and it, it was it was great. Uh, the opportunities I've had, I've really been blessed, you know, to be a part of the Southern Miss family, and well, uh, Shelton, I wouldn't take anything for it. Shelton, when you look at the program now, what, what's your thoughts about the current status of the football program and your hopes for this new coaching staff? You know, I, the energy, you know, and I, I know everybody comes in and they they focus on a lot of different things. Well, we don't have this, we don't have that. But, I, you know, I like Coach Hall's energy. I like those, you know, the coaching staff's energy, uh, you know, uh, how they they bring things. And that, that's a big thing to me is, is energy and, 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 and positiveness. You'll find a way to work it out, and uh, I believe in him. I, I really do. I, you know, I've I really enjoyed watching him from afar this spring, and I, I've kind of just kind of been standoffish and, and, and just kind of watching things. Like, I want to see how it goes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I checked that box. It, you know, he, he's really doing a good job, and I'm excited about it. Well, you would know this better than anybody. You were a great running back at Southern Miss. Got the potential in this Gore kid, Frank Gore Jr., to be another great Golden Eagle back, doesn't he? Right, he does. He really does. You know, and he, you know, he, like I say, everybody talks about his pedigree, but I, I, I look at the kid's heart, man. He's, I've, I've been following him. You know, I've, I've got a, a first cousin that lives right around the block from where he played high school football down in Miami, and he started telling me about this kid. Said, you know, he ain't the biggest, he ain't the fast, and everything like that. But something inside the kid, you know, his, his heart, and I've, I, I can see that. I can really see, you know, that this kid's really got got that it factor that he wants to be great. And when you want to be great, you'll be great. Coach, uh, you're at Hattiesburg High School now. A hundred right. years running of the Little Brown Jug game, and they've actually moved it to the last uh, week of the regular season. I know Hattiesburg's pumped up about that. And About 30 seconds left. Tell us what the Tigers are going to do this year. You know, we're young, and I guess everybody's going to be young. But, you know, we got some very talented kids over there. Uh and, uh, you know, Laurel's got really good, you know, great players. And, you know, they got a Golden Eagle leading them down there. Uh, Ryan Ernest played, actually played at Southern Miss when I was there also. he You know, he's a running back. And Ryan's doing a super job. So it should be interesting. It should be a, a really good contest. Hey, man, uh, the, uh, the the rivals, if you're talking about Southern Miss and Mississippi State or you're talking about Laurel and Hattiesburg High, you know, you don't have to get up. Uh, for a rival. They'll be pumped up. So it's just, the, you know, the team that makes the fewest mistakes is always going to win that game. Coach Gandy, great talking to you. Always appreciate you coming on the Eagle Hour. You are a great Golden Eagle, and uh, we wish you the best of luck this fall. All right, baby, to the top. All right, Shelton Gandy, everybody, former running back star for the Golden Eagles. Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation, he's next. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, my thanks to Shelton Gandy for joining us in the first segment of the show. The man who broke the heart of Mississippi State back in 1986 with four touchdowns and the winning score after a 98-yard drive. He scores with 30 seconds 
left in the game. Ah, those those you, were the, those you, were the good old days. Bob, you keep bringing up Mississippi State like like something yeah, happened. I don't, well, I don't no, know if you're I'm, messaging. I'm washing this out of my system. I, I'm remind. I want to remind them all of how we manhandled them in football back in the day. So uh, it's not just having guests; it's having key guests at key times. At key times, the perfect day to have Shelton Gandy. <laughs> This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. You can buy your Southern Miss apparel there six days a week. You can shop online at campusbookmark.net, and you will find no better selection anywhere on the planet than Campus Bookmark. Heath Hinton is the proprietor of the Big Gold Nation website, one of the go-to spots for Southern Miss sports and information. And uh, Heath, we've been talking all week on the show about uh, this focus uh, on defensive and offensive linemen that the new coaching staff has singled in on and some big linemen uh, being recruited. I, I think we're going to see a real upgrade on the offense and defensive line of scrimmage this fall. What are your thoughts? I do. It's, on the offensive line, you're looking at uh, key pieces they have in place that are already here. I think moving Arvin Fletcher to center is just a uh, – Fantastic move. That's a position that he he will be looked at at the next level. Uh, you look at uh, Kalik the physique out at left tackle and Dawes at right tackle. Maybe having the two biggest tackles in all of Conference USA, maybe two of the biggest tackles in the South. That's two big men right there. And then you've got uh, a lot of people like Jaquan Scott at guard and, and – Foxy's coming back at right guard. I mean, you're talking about an offensive line that's going to be so improved. And you watch Dolph, he just, and, and both him and Washington, uh, Khalid Washington, they got so much better as the season went along and played so well towards the end that when you're talking about, you know, the lines, the offensive line, I think it may be one of the streaks on the team this year. Well, we saw last year when Tulane came here what Coach Hall does with good offensive lines, and uh, you know he's not a pass happy guy. I remember he they ran the football a lot against us that day as they what they put up sixty some points if I'm not mistaken. So this is not going to be a pass happy offense with these linemen. It appears to me that that he's trying to get in place to have a, a, a run game first. Well, you know, you would think that, and. and... I talked to Coach Hall, you know, uh, kind of before the spring started, and we were talking about the offense running. He said, look, he said, I do – what I do with my offense is I form it around the talent I had. He said, before I got to Tulane, the recruiting process that was happening, they had already they, – they got big running backs, big offensive linemen. That was what I had to work with. So I ran the football. We were a run-heavy team at Tulane. He says, to get Southern Miss and maybe don't have the big running backs, you're pass happy. He said, I'm all about passing it around the field. It's just you've got to have the right plays. you got to call the right plays. I think you're going to be surprised. Probably see a little more passing this year than a lot of people think. I like the idea of a coach that fits his offense around the players that he has and he doesn't try to fit the players he has around his offense. I think that's a huge difference. So I think, you know, without having the 220-pound running back uh, that they've had uh, in years past, I think you're going to see a lot more spread formations, getting the ball out of the backfield really quick, and, and using the speed that Southern has back there. 
Heath, uh, we've we've talked earlier this week about Joker Gill and what a big get he is as far as the transfer portal. But two more commits uh, really in the last couple of days: Chris Christopher Bell, wide receiver from Yazoo City. Uh, I, I guess people think he, our coaches think he's he's flying under the radar. The, the size is amazing at wide receiver six three two ten. But a guy uh, from Madison Ridgeland Academy, Davis Dalton, had a huge year last year: fourteen touchdowns, seven hundred yards receiving. He's another six three guy, and those are two big pickups outside but kind of just talk about those three guys sure i think man you look at bale uh six three 210 pounds can run the ball extremely well uh chris uh, i think he's going to be one of those guys that is going to be a possession guy big guy on the outside the one that I'm, i was really excited about uh when they picked him up was the young man um out of uh, MRA, Dalton Davis, and I saw film on it. You watch him catch the ball. He, he catches it well in traffic. He goes up high and gets the football, catches it with his hands. Maybe not blazing speed, but a guy that you can put in there and get mis- uh, mashed up on a linebacker. Uh, I really, really, really like him and what you saw from film on him. Now, is that going to translate into college? No. I mean, he's still got another year to play. All these kids do, so who knows what will happen. But when you're looking at the size, speed, these kids get out in uh, camps a little more now that they're open. They're going to get ranked. I just think Coach Holliday and are doing a great job of keeping the in-state kids here. When was the last time Southern Miss was going to go to Jackson and Yazoo and uh, bring in some kids, uh, especially skilled players? It doesn't happen a lot. So uh, great job by them of keeping these guys here. When we when we look at uh, the the 2022 commits uh, already now with those two guys four uh, wide receivers, Mims from from Baymanette, Alabama, and and also Cameron Knox from New Albany, but when you look down the board, I mean it, it's not like you know it's not that that Hall is snatching up people for his offense. I mean there is a really really good uh, de- defensive coming in here, and then with the transfer portal, I mean we're racking up on defense and. I'm not sure there, there's there's that much more they could do. And again, we we sound like uh, we're beating you know a dead horse, but but man, it's just Mississippi kids. It's one after the other, just Mississippi, Mississippi, Mississippi. Yeah, it's Mississippi and it's talented. And Coach Hall said that when he came in. Remember, he said we're gonna we're gonna attack the state of Mississippi. We're gonna get these kids to come here and uh, look at the talented kids he got from there. Is Zay Frank. Chandler uh, Rogers, you look at, uh, you know, quarterback Takis from Taylorsville. These are kids that Ole Miss Tulane were looking at that wanted, came to Southern Miss. So, yeah, it's it's not just – I think a lot of people, yeah, he's, he's getting area kids, but it's the quality of the area kids he's getting, guys. It's high-quality athletes, and I think that's going to, you know, when we get to two years down the road, and he's still getting more kids from the area. It's going to sell more tickets when more people in the area have kids that they're invested in or playing on the team. You're going to see a uh, higher number of people in the stands because more tickets are sold. Getting area kids can do nothing but help your program, especially when they're area kids that are talented. And it just brings a buzz about the community, too. The community understands why they're getting the kids from the area now. Go watch these guys. There's a different buzz. And when you talk to the players, there's a different buzz. I've always said it. There's just a different buzz around this team when you talk to the players, 
the mindset, the it's a total transformation what you're seeing. Now how's it gonna you know how's it gonna turn over to the field? We don't know, but when you're looking at things that maybe lead to better results in the field, you're seeing it with what Wheel Hall's doing. I want to shift gears. Got about two minutes left in the segment, Heath. Uh, you own the Big Old Nation uh, website, and uh, I know that's where a lot of people go to chit-chat back and forth, voice their concerns, their complaints, whatever, uh, about Southern Miss sports. What what seems to be on the mind of Golden Eagle uh, fans this time of the year, Heath? Right now it's about what's going to happen when does football start. We want, they want to read stuff about football. Baseball's over with. It's time. It's time to start. You know the twenty. It really fall twenty twenty one. Let's get it. We got bas- We got football. We got basketball coming up. Uh, people are excited to see what they're going to do at the Rock. What are going to be some additions? Uh, people are really excited about the the new uh, adult beverage that has Southern Miss yeah, on the it. Golden Believe Eagle beer. That's yeah. Golden Eagle beer. People are excited about that. Those are the little things that. You don't think mean a lot, but when you start talking about creating excitement, those things do create excitement in the community. Mm-hmm. And, and look, there won't no like you know Will Hall. What what uniforms they're wearing this year? He's then said thank him, and I thank him a lot for this taking the gray numbers out. I know I don't know about Luke. I don't know about you, Bob, but those things are hard to read in the press box. I mm-hmm. hated them. Mm-hmm. He said they're not using them this year. Uh, you know, people are just getting excited, getting revved up. It's about that time. Fall camp will be starting in, in a little over a month, and uh, you know it's already here, guys. They'll be starting practicing football in five weeks. Let's go back to the traditional black on black uniforms at home, black pants, white jerseys on the road, maybe all white on the road, and uh, make it simple. Just get back to the old Southern Miss uh, style and look, Keith Hinton. I'm all for. I don't know about you guys, but I love retro. But those 97 throwback uniforms they wore a couple of years ago, if Adidas could come up with something like that, get those colors matched up, best uniform Southern Miss has ever had. Bring back the Attack Eagle. Yeah, I like that. Bring back the Attack Eagle. Bring back the Attack Eagle. I agree with you on that. Bring back the Attack Eagle. That whole Southern Miss logo, uh, it was such a – I think it like won on the – uniform thing one week on the SPM when they put them out. There you People go. love those uniforms. Just don't bring the yellow No, the banana the suit. Gold no. Banana suit, the highlighter. Uh, no, don't. don't the right, Heath Hinton. Bowl. Thank don't you, buddy. Back. Heath right, Hinton, guys, everybody. Big Gold Nation on the Eagle Hour every Thursday. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Thursday, Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Happy to have you on the Eagle Hour with us. Third segment, as always, brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. It was grilled or fried pork chop. Day today over there, 895, came with baked beans, loaded baked potato casserole, toast, and a drink in Again, just eight ninety five. Catfish Friday tomorrow at Four Street Bar and Grill. Bob, are you a fried or a grilled pork chop guy? 
So, oh, you know, I, I kind of like grilled pork chops. I'm not a big fried meat eater, but I like that fried catfish. You sure like that catfish. Yeah. It, absolutely. Um, we'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, a Mississippi team won the national championship last night in baseball. It was a Mississippi State Bulldogs. First uh, national championship for uh, the team in Stark Vegas and, and their history in any sport. So a uh, Mississippi team won the national championship. Final rankings coming out today in uh, the top 25, of course, state number one. This is in USA Today. Ole Miss number 11, Southern Miss at number 23. That's in uh, in USA Today. Over in Baseball America, Mississippi State number one, Ole Miss number 12, Golden Eagles 23rd. And uh, I think there was uh, one more. Yeah, D1 Baseball, State 1, Ole Miss 13, and Southern Miss 23rd. So Kelly Sanders joins us now. Kelly, uh, all three Mississippi schools finishing in the top 25 in all three major polls. Great year for Southern Miss baseball. Yeah, and as Bob and I were talking about yesterday, if you throw the, the season that Jackson State uh, had in the SWAC, I mean, it was just it was just a record here all the way around. And again, this is a Southern Miss show, but I just want to you know, have a lot of friends that you know have have gone to Mississippi State or support Mississippi State, and I just want to say this, and then I'm then I'm done with it. Other than you know, sincere congratulations, Mississippi State beat Vanderbilt's butt. That was a good old-fashioned, grade-A, all-American butt weapon the last two nights in a row. So there can be no disputing who the better of those two teams were in that three-game no. series. Well, let me go on the record, too, as saying I'm not the one that said Hail State yesterday. No <laughs> one has correct. ever heard that come out of my mouth. And uh, that would be Kelly Sander, and we will publish his home phone number on the uh, Eagle Hour <laughs> Facebook page. After the show, but you remember I prefaced it by saying one time only. So you better you better listen up. Well, let's talk about it from this perspective, guys. I mean, what a remarkable what a remarkable thing that a state the size of Mississippi has three Division One baseball teams in the top twenty five. That's just that just says so much. It does, and so with with state winning it, uh, of course, Ole Miss advanced to a super regional, Southern Miss a regional team for. You know, so many in, in, in the past. Kelly brings up Jackson State, a perfect uh, record in the SWAC. Unfortunate they didn't win the SWAC and, and get in the tournament. But, yeah, I mean, last night there was there was no doubt about it because Vanderbilt threw rocker and uh, right. Mississippi State got after his tail. And I'll tell you what, Bob and I were talking uh, off-air, Kelly. I mean, it was kind of a disappointing final series for just an objective fan because after getting the brakes beat off by them in game one, State beat the brakes off of uh, a Vanderbilt game uh, two and three. But I tell you what, I mean, it was a really good, apart from that, it was a really good College World Series. Unfortunate about the NC State stuff. Would have loved to see NC State play play uh, Mississippi State. But yeah, I mean, uh, the National Championship trophy coming home. Um, and and it, let's be honest, with with the performance this year, from all three teams and even Jackson State. I mean, it just makes players from the outside want to come play baseball in Mississippi. And that's going to help Southern Miss, Kelly. And when you look at the the sparse population we have in our state, let's even take uh, California way out west. Obviously, if not the biggest state population-wise, certainly among among the top two or three, they don't even have uh, three universities ranked in the top 25. No. So, I mean, that that just brings it even home even more you know how sparse the population is but yet how good of baseball players are now obviously when you look at the state Ole Miss and Southern Miss rosters not all the kids are from Mississippi obviously but a a good number of them are 
And and to, to think that you can have that good a caliber of players in such a sparsely populated state is, is really remarkable. So good good for us. Yeah. And and good now we all hold our breath for two weeks to see how the rosters will be impacted. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was an enjoyable baseball season. Today is where we officially – end baseball season but what a what an outstanding season for southern miss going into the season i mean you know who would have thought that that hunter stanley would have done what he did uh, now he's uh, another third team all-american selection we knew walk what we we're going to get out of walker powell and absolutely fantastic but but i mean you know with with trimble coming on like he did and and just some of the the arms and and even in their shaky moments, I mean, even when uh, the the young guns, you know, gave up runs or walks or plunked people, I mean, it's just this team's going to be deep for for a f- several years, and then and, and I'm super excited about that, Kelly. What else is going on now that we have crossed from June to July? Well, we mentioned uh, Jackson State in the SWAC, of course, and the SWAC as of today has a brand new member, Florida A and M is officially now a member of the SWAC that went into effect today. So the Rattlers are now part of the SWAC. Of course, now the fallout of the of the uh, likeness and image rule that the Supreme Court handed down, already now college football players signing deals, Florida State quarterback Mackenzie Milton and Miami quarterback De'Eric King have signed endorsements, and Miami defensive back Bubba Bolden signed a $20,000 deal with Hunks. This is terrible. an acronym for Hunks Hauling Junk and Moving. Uh, Kind of a, you know, people moving their houses and furniture and whatnot. So Bubba Bolden signing an endorsement deal there. And with all these players now falling in line to sign these endorsement deals, Dabo Sweeney of Clemson has gotten into the act and saying that if if he... is going to be coaching college athletes who essentially are going to be signing these endorsement deals. He might as well coach professional football. He's right. Because, because that is essentially what is happening. He's right. The only problem with Dabo coaching professional football, meaning the National Football League, is he'd probably have to take a pay cut. From, well, from he, he but, but in all seriousness, he's right. It's just one man's opinion. This is the end of, of true amateur athletics. Uh, at the Division One level, and this fan, this this one fan, Kelly Center, I think it's a shame. I, I think it's an absolute shame, and I think it's going to be very destructive to college sports. One of the one of the things that fans consistently throughout the years have said, fans who prefer college athletics over professional athletics, they say the reason they prefer college athletics is because the athletes are playing for the love of it, right. for the love of the game. Right. You know they're out there, and of course they're they're getting their scholarships and whatnot, but they're out there knocking heads because they love it. The guys at the pro level are out there sometimes going through the motion. They know they're going to get their million dollars, so they really don't play as hard as they can. So the passion and love of college athletics is what attracts a lot of people to that. Uh, but the other side of that argument, and it's all over you know social media today, and Dabo Sweeney certainly has his critics saying, you know, it's okay for, for you, Coach Sweeney, to make $9 million a year, but the guys who are helping you make that money aren't entitled to yes, any of that. but and, and, to quote Joy Lee McNellis on this show, she can get fired. Sweeney can get fired. These people can get fired. And and I think that's that was a very good point that, the was, that was made. the athletes can't. I mean, no, they, they, well, they can't. They, they can, they can't get, 
they yeah. can, but I mean, not fired in the sense the scholarship cannot get renewed, and that happens sometimes. Right. But dealing specifically with football, that football, it, it really doesn't happen as much as it can happen in other sports. Kelly, did you mention did you mention Auburn's quarterback Bo Nix? Did you mention his new endorsement? I, I did not. And, and is he is he the latest? So yeah, the the uh, the slamming of trash cans that you hear now in the state of Alabama is every Alabama fan now going to their refrigerator and throwing away Milo's tea. Because Bo Nix has signed an endorsement deal <laughs> they'll do that with too. Milo's Yeah, they'll tea. do that. They'll do that. They won't be drinking Milo's tea. You can be sure of that. Not not, not just straight <laughs> Milo's tea. Anyway, <laughs> maybe a little something else put in there. But, oh, but a, great, a great segue, Luke Johnson, while we're talking about beverages, because Southern Miss fans have just one more day to get onto the so- Southern Prohibition Brewing Company Instagram site and vote for which beer can and which, uh, which of the two beer cans and names that they would vote for the beer that's going to be endorsed by Southern Miss that will be sold at the Rock this year, either the Gold Rush or the To the Top beer cans uh, will be sold this fall. Uh, of course, there will be beer in them. But the fans will determine what the name of the beer will be called and what can wait, 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 wait. be served in. You, you felt like you had to clarify that there would be beer in the can center. Is that what I just understood? Well, yeah, because usually when people are around me, there's a lot of empty ones. So I've, I've seen I've, that. I've seen that with my own eyes. Yours and mine turned <laughs> up empty. It was really quite amazing. Here's and I didn't drink any that day. That's what I never did quite understand. Here's here's the bigger question about this endorsement. Who's the yellow wood guy going to get as as his as his guy? Who's the <laughs> <laughs> who? Look, if I was a college athlete. I would want Kraft Macaroni and Cheese to sponsor me. I would want Hot Pockets to sponsor Blue me. Bluebell Blue and Chick-fil-A. I mean, all those, I would be set. Forget the money. Just give me the product. All right. Eagle Hour continues. We've got one more segment. We hope you'll stick around. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Thursday of the Eagle Hour brought to you by DBAT. D1 Training, Hardy Street, Hattiesburg. Great place to get in shape. Great place to work on your game. DBATHattiesburg.com. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Sander on the phone with us as we close out this Thursday, Bob, big news, Eagle Hour-wise, guest-wise, coming up. It's a special year in Southern Miss football. We're going to have some special guests. No question. There's going to be, we learned this this morning, there's going to be a reunion of the 2011 Conference Championship team uh, during the football season this year. That's great news. That was a great day in Southern Miss history when they won the conference at Houston. Three real key members of that team, Austin Davis, of course, the quarterback, Peter Bame, a specialist on the team, and Larry Fedora, the head coach, all three coming to the Eagle Hour to talk about the reunion. We're going to have Austin Davis the week of uh, July 12th, 
Luke's going to handle that. Uh, Peter Bame is reaching out to us actually as we spoke, and we have a call in uh, to Larry Fedora, who uh, we've been told from a really reliable source is excited about coming on the show. So we have Larry Fedora, Peter Bame, and Austin Davis uh, on the next couple of weeks to talk about this 2011 reunion. And uh, as we get those specific dates down, we'll of course let our listening. The, audience the favorite know. part about that that Houston game where we smashed uh, their brains in was Bob. You always noticed it was that a sorority girl from from Houston with that puzzled look on her face. What's going on? <laughs> You're getting your, you're, we're we're kicking the cougars' tails as we speak in in live. Anyway, wasn't, wasn't that your Houston had like a quarterback that was like thirty years old? Casey, uh, something. Case Keenum, Case Keenum, Case Keenum. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's Case, right. Case Keenum. We yeah. drilled him. All right, today is as we mentioned uh, in a previous segment, July the first. It's also known in Major League Baseball as Bobby Bonilla Day. And if you don't know what is so wild about this day, what was introduced. The concept of the deferred payment. Uh, Benia signed a, a big contract um, back in the mid-90s, and then he was cut by the New York Mets in 2000. At that time, he was only owed $5.9 million. So rather than buying out that contract, the Mets said, we will negotiate and we will pay you annually for 25 years deferred payments at 8% interest. So today, Bob Getty, Bobby Bonilla got his check again of one point, I believe it's one nine million dollars, which he will continue to receive. Um, it started in July the first, two thousand eleven, and it will continue until July of twenty thirty six. I heard he'll be seventy two years old when he gets his yes. last check. Yes. It's, I was going to say, it's, it's going to go straight to the nursing home. So. <laughs> and Kelly, the, the reason why the Mets did this was because their ownership at the time was hooked up with a businessman of the name of Bernie Madoff, and they were thought that they were about on the, uh, the edge of even greater financial income. Um, really didn't work out for them in the Madoff situation or the Mania situation. Yeah, the only person that, that made off with anything was Madoff. And he, he made off with everybody else's money, millions of, of dollars. Oh. So, yeah, you win some and you lose some. And, of course, the Mets certainly have, have had their share of lose some. It's, um, it's just so interesting to me because but Benia's not only doing this with the Mets, he also has a second deferred contract with the Mets and Orioles. He's been getting $500,000 a year. Since 2004, so he makes about 1.7 a year doing nothing. King sounds Griffey, like, it sounds like Ellis Johnson. <laughs> or Congress. <laughs> or Congress. Or Congress, yeah. yeah, exactly right. Some more guys. King Griffey Jr.'s got one of these with the Reds. Max Scherzer will, starting next year, get some from the Nationals. Manny Ramirez is still getting paid, and Todd Hilton is still getting paid. So right now, Bobby Bonilla makes more than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he makes more than Trevor Rogers, who has a crazy low ERA. He makes more than former Auburn star Casey Mize. He makes more than shortstop of Toronto Blue Jays, Bo Bichette. All of these guys are probably some of the most of, some of these guys are going to be all stars. And Benia's making that much. Right. Well, money. you nailed it, Kelly, about the politicians. I had a guy I had some business uh, dealings with, interest uh, past years at. He went back home up to Massachusetts, ran for uh, mayor of his little town, and won. And he told me one night, this is the greatest job I've ever had. No one expects me to do anything, so I don't have to do anything. 
And I think that sums up politicians, Kelly Sander. Only in America, right, <laughs> can you strive to do nothing and be paid so well. Yes, and then get reelected. Exactly. Yeah, that's what Bob. That's what Bob says about me and you, Kelly. But yeah, I don't, y'all I make don't the big see, bucks, uh, and uh, people haven't. ask me all the time, "Do those guys really work?" I said, no, "Not that I'm aware of." Hey, we're going to work tomorrow because tomorrow yeah. we're going to be at Ramey Motors in Purvis, uh, jawing with Dakota and the guys. Kelly, you coming to that party? Now, of course, I'm, of course, I'm going to be there. Yeah, looking forward to it. Always, always a good course. When you guys talk about all your outdoor stuff, I'm more of an indoor guy. You know, um, so when you talk about outdoor. Ernesto does the outside work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I this time of year, I, I just don't hardly ever go outside. Do you take him anything cool to drink when it's this hot, Kelly, or is that No, he, bring, you, he brings it himself, lays out there under the tree with the hat over his head you know, for a couple hours <laughs> in mid-afternoon. Hey, t- what, what's the motto again of Cane Break so you can remind us? <laughs> We're just better than you. <laughs> Southern Miss. <laughs> to the top. Into the future. Mississippi Media Production.